Lisa Kay, connecting the community on Talk of the Town. We are back on Talk of the Town here on KTOE, and hopefully your week is going well. Uh, Susan Arns, Mankato City Manager, with me this morning, uh, this afternoon. How is your week going so far? Excellent. Really good. Yeah, you survived Rib Fest. We did. It was a great week for Mankato. Lots of great music. Um, the Florida sellout. I saw the photos. I didn't go to that particular yeah. one, but wow. It was pretty amazing. We got permission from the artist and his um, collection of uh, crew to use our drone to take some pictures of uh, Ribfest uh, with our drone. Oh, wow. And okay. so yesterday I had the chance to see a few of them. And, uh, you know, it's pretty spectacular. It was a, I was there Friday evening. It was a great event. Saturday I had the opportunity to be on the uh, taste testing Oh, panel. sure. Okay. So also fun. Mm-hmm. We have some really great uh, ribbers that come to did Mankato. You, did you know how to test ribs before, like taste them before, or did I, they give you a... I did. And they also give you some like, here's what you're looking for, right. or here's how to do it. But I, I have some experience. I did that a couple years ago oh, for Ribfest. It was a good time, and I left full. So My oldest daughter, once upon a time, wanted to be a competitive eater. <laughs> oh, and my goodness. later in the day, I learned that they were having a... Uh, rib eating contest mm-hmm. i'm like shoot it's too bad she's not here should have entered um, yeah she's a vegetarian so it oh, been wow. tricky. she would have done it though because the the art of the competition is what she's really interested in it's okay. not so much the, the who's the female that, mickey suko or something like that the yeah. one that and, and joey so. chestnut yeah that, yeah yeah yep. and she um uh anyway so one of our uh police officers uh, Eric Lopez uh, won the rib eating contest. He Whoa. ate two point six pounds of ribs in ten minutes. <laughs> is he back at work? He is. I oh, saw okay. him last night. <laughs> I was gonna be like, does he have the meat sweats now? Yeah, no, he, he's back at work, and that's awesome. Yeah, so it it was pretty spectacular. Oh yeah. man, well, uh, and now Rib Fest twenty twenty three in the books, and uh, we 25th look fifth anniversary. So yeah, that was look a- forward to that. Future. It was a big one. So yeah, uh, was good. we are talking about all things um, emergency today on Talk of the Town with the Mankato City Manager. 311 versus 911. I was talking to um, Bob from the county oh, yeah. and we were talking about 911 and all of the mistake phone calls that have been made. It's like a news story, right? Oh, yeah, like, please sure. stop calling 911 and then hanging up because and I've done it twice, once at Target and oh. once from stage when I was emceeing something. Whoops. Uh huh. Yeah. And they called back and made sure I was okay. Um, but nine one one versus three one one because I know when you're on, we talk a lot about three one one and we encourage people to call three one one. But I think sometimes it gets confusing in the three one one nine one one. What's emergency? What's three one one for? If I can't call nine one one, and they're two separate things. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna they are two separate. Break things. it down. And one, I want to try to demystify the fear of calling nine one one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 911 really is the dispatch for the police and fire. So they are the the group that work very hard 24-7 to take the calls, make sure they get to the right department, uh, because it's not just the city of Mankato that they work with or Blue Earth County that they work with. They work with, you know, all the, all the departments within the county. And so they provide that powerful service mm-hmm. for all of us. And they... Um, sometimes all of us have been trained only call when it's an emergency. And that's still true. Well, that's what we were told when we were growing up. Somebody better right. be dying. Yeah. You know, there should be some blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And that's still true that okay. when there's an emergency in all those situations and more, you definitely should call 911. 
Um, when you call 311, you're calling because you have a question. You're calling because you need information. Um, you're calling for a service. Last week, for example, we had about 1,400 calls to 311. Mm-hmm. And of those 1,400, a third of them are about people's utility bills. A third of them are uh, busing questions or scheduling of busing. Okay. Uh, and about a third of them are uh, questions about building permits. And and that's hmm. it's not even third. There are lots of other things that, you know, they they call and ask about as well. Um, but of that 1,400, almost 400 calls were about busing, for example. Okay. And so 311 is a great resource. And if you think about it as a resource, it's, it's to collect information or receive information. 911, you want to call when you need a service. So if you have a dog running loose in your neighborhood, doesn't feel like an emergency. Uh, but if you call 311 about that dog, you really should be directed to call 911. And the benefit of calling 911 is the information that the operator takes when they collect your information, it automatically then gets sent to the car. So in addition to a to police car somewhere, a police right? car or fire, depending or, okay. on the call, um, if it's a medical, it might go to a mail ambulance or it might go to a fire um, department okay. throughout the county. But they can direct those calls. But they direct those calls. And then because it like, let's just use a police example. It's going to go to the police officer in their car that's working that shift and they can see it'll get populated hopefully with your name and address and maybe a phone number um, so that, and because it gets populated that way, they get automatic directions. Okay. Uh, you know, so by calling 311, 311 doesn't have the ability to dispatch uh, a police car. 311 uh, is like, why is my water bill $20 higher this month than yeah, last month? Exactly. Okay. Or I need to put in a fence. What kind of permits do I need? Or uh, I have a question about this bus route or that bus route. Okay. Um, I need to schedule a mobility ride. Um, I have a general question about something on the city council agenda. Can you help me get some get directed to the right staff person? You know that's that's a good way to use three one one nine one one again. You know I I get that it's unnerving to press nine one one. It is when you know when there's when it's not super urgent. Right. But it's it's kind of in that important not urgent category. And, you know, if you have a loose dog or well, like this, a suspicious ha- activity type call. That happened at, in my neighborhood. My husband and I saw somebody pull up in a car. They got out. They were acting kind of strange, walking around. They, we didn't recognize them. They weren't going to any house. Yep. Is that something where I could have called 911? It's not, I, yes. I feel like it's not an emergency. But we stayed outside to watch where said person was going. Yeah, sure. And you could call 911 and, you know, an officer can show up. Maybe the situation's diffused by the time they get there, uh, but they can show up. And, you know, the thing is that it's hard to know when it is and isn't an emergency. Right. You know, in a prior job, um, I worked in a community where the county was the um, emergency response. Mm-hmm. And we, um, the townships had uh, no animal control. And so when township residents would call about barking dogs, um, the dispatcher would say, you've got to call your township supervisor. 
and the deputies okay. wouldn't go and respond to the barking dog call. Um, after a year plus of doing that, there was one call in the county where it was a barking dog. Nobody went, and it turned out that there was a medical condition going on with the property owner, and that's what was causing the barking dog. Oh, So we changed our program, right? And the deputies would respond to the barking dogs to make sure everybody was safe. Right? Okay. And um, so lots of things can be, like in the example you gave, there could be other reasons why that's happening, and you want to make sure, uh, you know, it gets documented. Um, you know, you if you can, you can capture a license plate um, so that, you know, it, potentially if something were to have happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, before we started here today, you were sharing a little more detail than we have on the call, which or on the radio here, which is good, <laughs> right? And in that situation, it ultimately diffused itself. Um, right, yeah. But in the moment, you didn't know, right? It was just weird. Yeah. And it lasted for a longer period of time. And I thought about the 911 yeah. thing. I'm like, well, this is this person's acting strange. Like, if I showed up at your house and you weren't home, I would probably just wait in my car in the driveway. Yeah. And they were wandering around the neighborhood, yeah. like, looking at houses and stopping. Sure, and sure. So it was different. Yeah, and in that situation, there's a call that the police officers have for suspicious activity. I mean, they track yeah. those calls. So Then you have that guilt that goes on in your head like, oh, this poor person was just yeah. waiting for the other person to get home or something. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it it's was hard. Weird. It's hard to balance <laughs> that. But what I want to, I'm not asking that everybody call 911 every time you need something. Right. Uh, that said, um, if you can take five seconds and think about, okay, if I called 311, someone's going to type it into a computer and it's going to get sent to a department to review and respond. You're not going to get an immediate, necessarily get an immediate response mm-hmm. with 311. Uh, you might get transferred to another staff member to get a question answered, um, you know, like in utility billing, for example, because the 311 team take care of a lot of those utility questions. Mm-hmm. And we try to give them enough information to handle a lot of those questions that, you know, just on the phone when they're there. Uh, that said, there are other questions that they get that they need to forward on to someone or, you know, you've got a complaint about um, a property condition somewhere in the community. Well, someone's going to have to go out, inspect and review and see what's going on. Right. And But it's not an emergency that my neighbor hasn't mowed their lawn for four weeks or something like no, that. That's not, yeah. but right. it's a question that we, right. we might have. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. So I like what you said earlier about using 311 as a resource, remembering yeah. that as a resource for you rather than emergency number. Um, 311 will not dispatch anybody to come and check on something immediately to help you. Right, right. And and when I say dispatch, I mean, they are going to type something into the computer, computer and depending on what kind of issue it is, it's going to get sent to, you know, the right staff person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not immediate dispatch of, hey, Public Works, I need you to go out here because such and so is happening. Depending on the severity, it might be a situation where somebody calls in because there's a tree that just fell in the middle of Stoltzman Avenue, right? And if that happens, uh, our 311 is probably going to pick the phone up and call our public works supervisors and say, hey, we just got a call that this happened. So that is that same call, though, could have easily gone to three one to 911 mm-hmm. because, again, it's an emergency. It's going to affect the roadway, and the dispatch officers know how to get a hold of our on-call or our emergency maintenance staff to help address that. Sure. So, 
Um, they work very well together, and the dispatch staff do an amazing job of what they do. Uh, you can imagine how complex and how complicated their world is. And uh, similarly on 311, you know, they're there not quite 12 hours a day, but 10 to 12, 10 okay. to 11 hours a day, uh, taking those calls and kind of triaging the more routine. But again, they're more of a resource than than a response, if that makes sense. It I mean, they're going to respond, but, you know, response you think of as immediate. Um, the 911 is more of that emergent. Okay. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. 311 versus 911. We've got Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz in on talk of the town today. I notice that there is a lead service line inventory. The city is asking for residents help with this. What is it? Why are we doing it? Yeah, so we um, have some uh, regulations from the uh, US EPA uh, that are called just big, big. The big rule is the lead and copper rule. And so as part of that, the state of Minnesota has given communities opportunities to apply for funding for three different categories. Um, Some communities are going to need help with creating a lead service line replacement plan. Some communities are going to need help on the technical assistance of collecting the data of how many and where are the lead service lines. Uh, And some are going to need help with just candidly going out and visually inspecting. Okay. Uh, We have submitted an application more on the technical assistance because we feel we've got a fair amount of data about some of our our existing service lines. There are some that we need to check in on and we're asking the public's help to do that inventory. So we've created a web page on our website that people can click and they can fill out some basic information about their property and tell us whether or not they have uh, what type of line they have. On our website, we have a how to identify your water service line. Okay, so this is the main water line coming into your home. Right on, yes. And you want to find out what is it made out of, basically. Yep, and it, it's the line that goes from where once it gets in from the city's line, it's what goes from the city's line into your house. Okay. So it's referred to as the service lateral. So the main line you usually don't see mm-hmm. because it connects somewhere. Um, you know, there's a line that'll come into your house and then that connects to all of your internal plumbing. And so what we're asking the public to do is to go look at that area where the main water line comes in. And we've got an, a one-pager of instructions about how to go look at and how to identify your water service line. And we're giving them, you know, kind of the suggestion of you can use a screwdriver and a magnet. And because water service lines are made of lots of different kinds of material, depending on the age and the year your service line would have been put in place. Okay. You know, the newer your home, the more likely you have plastic pipe. If you have plastic pipe, there is... Um, you have no water or no lead in those and you can go on and you can report and you can just say plastic, right? Okay. Um, it, what gets more interesting is when you have things that look like metal mm-hmm. and uh, it can be hard to determine the difference between brass and lead. Um, and, you know, even sometimes depending on the condition, copper can also, uh, a copper service line can also uh, kind of have that look. Okay. Um, and then some service lines are galvanized steel. So, you know, you can kind of tell, and we've got, we've got some 
guides that if you have a magnet and it sticks to your pipe, it's likely that's galvanized steel and there's likely no lead there. Okay. That said, we want you to report galvanized steel, right? And then we can document that. Um, what's more key is if you scratch the pipe and it, the scratched area looks shiny or silver um, and the magnet doesn't stick to the pipe, it's possible it could be lead. Um, if you scratch and it and it looks like copper, like a, a brand new penny, mm-hmm. then you have copper pipe, okay, most likely. And then the if it's a brass pipe, when you scratch it, it's going to look gold. So it's when you scratch the pipe, if it looks shiny and silver, it's more likely that it's a lead pipe. Okay. And those are the ones that we're really interested in because then we can figure out ways to identify and work with the state funding that has been allocated to try and address the property owner's expense of removing those lead lines. Okay, so the goal then is to have all the lead lines gone and what would they run in place, plastic now? Uh, Likely it would be some kind of a PVC-type plastic pipe. Okay. So the goal is to identify them and then we work with the property owners once identified on creating a plan for removing that service line from their... um, from their home. Would you you said earlier the likelihood of you having a newer home and the plastic piping that's coming in would be more common. So are we kind of making sure that we have the ears pricked up on like the older yeah, homes in absolutely. the area? Absolutely. That's kind of our, you know, primarily one of our targeted areas. Um we you know have been just a few weeks into kind of collecting this information from the public. So we're asking for their help. Um you know, they can fill this form out online. They can, if they need help, this is a good one. Call 311 as your resource. <laughs> um, 311 can either talk you through it. They can help you schedule someone to come for an inspection. Uh, we have a form you can fill out on the website if you need to schedule an inspection because you want some help in making that determination. And the biggest thing is that there is funding coming that will address the property owner's expense okay. of the removal so that... Ultimately, the property owner should have minimal to no expense for working through the removal of the lead service lines once they've been identified. And it's healthier for you. And Absolutely. let's get it done, right? Yep. And we're here to be your partner. Yeah. Um, answer questions you may have, or if you're not sure, let us help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. 311, that's where you'd use that. I think I'm going to take that link and put that underneath this oh, interview great. over on KTOE.com. If you need help, like you said, uh, Susan, if you need help, Figuring out where the water line is right or on. any of that. Yep. I mean, like people might not know. Yep. Unless somebody shows you sometimes some of these are things that aren't intuitive. Mm-hmm. And if we make an appointment with somebody from the city to come out and, and show us and help determine what kind of uh, service line that we have, is there a charge for that to us? No, absolutely not. Okay. And it will likely be someone from either our infrastructure team or our engineering team that will come out to provide that help. Awesome. All right. Well, you can look on um, the City of Mankato's website. Is it on a certain spot? Um, If you search just uh, lead service line, um, it's it's there. I think it is in the news. I think if you click on our news page, it's towards the top of the more recent news as well. Or you can click the link that's below this interview if you're catching it. Well, for it. sure, that's where they should go. <laughs> for catching it on the replay. we got to love it. Um, next month, we're going to talk all about the the deer hunt, the yeah. archery deer hunt that's, that's coming. Yeah, so. we've made some minor updates, and so that'll be a good 
good thing to preview for next month. Yeah, as we're heading into fall. I don't want to say it yet. Susan Arnsman, Mankato City Manager, thank you for your time today. It's so good to see you.